Listen, there's a great work to be done. As soon as you win this court battle, you must deliver this message. Take advantage of this opportunity and declare a powerful message to this world. He expects more of us. He believes we can do more. Who's going to stop Christ? Who's going to stop Christ from getting this work done? This is Behind the Work. Welcome to Behind the Work. I'm Grant Turgeon. Have you ever suffered to do God's work? God often warns us in the Bible that suffering might come when we support his work. And he says he deeply appreciates it, but he also expects it from us. He expects a certain amount of suffering and struggling and fighting as we do his work. Page 49 of Biblical Manhood states, God needs strong men to build his church, men who are dedicated servants of God. You can read Biblical Manhood for free at thetrumpet.com and print off a copy for yourself there as well. And here in section 1.4, Mr. Joel Hilliker writes about doing hard things. That is a daunting phrase. When we're told to do hard things, we often shrink back in terror. It is extremely difficult to follow through and do hard things. And yet that's what God expects from us. The Apostle Paul is an outstanding example of doing hard things, of doing God's work in the midst of extreme hardness. And his advice to us is to be strong, not to run away, not to find the easy way out, but to be strong. The Apostle Paul was afflicted to do God's work. This is what he wrote in 2 Timothy 1, verses 11 and 12. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. So, preaching God's word, supporting God's work, doing God's will does sometimes bring a little bit of suffering. 2 Corinthians 11 verses 24 through 28 show that Paul suffered physically many times. He was lashed with 39 stripes five different times. Three times he was beaten with rods. He was stoned to the brink of death. He endured a shipwreck three different times. All kinds of suffering and danger and weariness and pain. Hunger, thirst, cold. It was a tough, rugged, trying life as he did God's work. 
But he learned to accept and embrace that hardness. Paul said, that is just the way it is. And it is the most fulfilling life possible. So be strong. 2 Timothy 2 verse 3. You therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Now, a lot of the time, that enduring of hardness is what makes us good soldiers. If we didn't endure hardness, we would be pathetically soft and weak. We would be spineless like a jellyfish. We would be just a blob sitting on the couch. And that's just not what God wants from us. It is the spirit of the age to take it easy, to take a back seat, to let women and children rule. And yet God needs real men. Real men really are at the foundation of God's work. God works through one man in particular in the Philadelphia Church of God today. And that one man is surrounded by ministers. That one man is surrounded by families that are led by men. And so men are pushing this work forward. And of course, the women and children are involved as well. And they have a very important part. But where would it all be without the men? So this is a pretty interesting section in biblical manhood. Page 51 says, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And Mr. Hilliker also writes, Satan wants to entrap us in materialism and comforts. If we succumb, we tend to become afraid of discomfort. Satan wants us to fear discomfort. So we are willing to do anything to avoid it. When we get too comfortable for too long, we shy away from things that might hurt. And notice these things that might hurt that Mr. Hilliker lists. Things like hard work, leaving sin, making sacrifices for the family, doing God's work, standing up to persecution, fighting for God. Mr. Hilliker writes, if your goal is just to remain comfortable, you won't do these things. So comfortable people don't do God's work. They are not giving their very best to support God's work and get his warning message out to the world. Now, all of us support the work in some way, but we have to wonder, do we fall into this category of comfortable people who are giving a weak cane like offering. I was very corrected by this chapter in biblical manhood or by this section. 
And I have already made some changes in my life since studying this. And so this is certainly a fulfilling path to take. I'm already feeling better and I'm happier since I've made some changes based on this section of the book. So really, all you men out there, you need to get your copy of Biblical Manhood at thetrumpet.com. It is a transformative study. But we cannot become entrapped by materialism and comforts. Now, the world around us tells us all the time that that should be our end goal in life. We should be searching for riches and possessions and luxury and a life of ease. And yet, biblical manhood calls all this a trap. Could it really be a trap? Well, it takes away our purpose in life. If all we care about is acquiring possessions and wealth, that's a pretty shallow reason to live. And it just ends up not being worth it. It's okay to be wealthy. It's okay to have things, but not when they become our entire focus. Our focus has to be on doing God's work. There are a variety of ways to do that as we'll get into, but we have to wonder, are we too comfortable? The whole world is either too comfortable or they're at the other extreme where they're probably starving to death. And God wants us to be somewhere in between. He wants us to prosper and be in good health. He doesn't want us starving to death. But he also doesn't want us lounging on our ivory beds, being fed grapes by a servant. So there is a good middle ground, the God ground here when it comes to doing God's work. Page 51 again of biblical manhood, problems, temptations, trials, persecutions, and afflictions can stir us to action and help us overcome our spiritual lethargy. God will supply them in order to toughen us spiritually. So God is often behind the struggles and the problems that we face in everyday life. God doesn't want to hurt us. He doesn't want to ruin our lives. He is providing discomfort for a righteous purpose. So we can become more like him and we can throw our hearts more into his work. And that is where we experience true freedom. We probably all know that from experience. When our minds are more on the spiritual than the physical, we are happier. When we work a little bit more than we play, we're happier. (laughs) When we are thinking on things above, instead of being distracted by little everyday problems, we are happier. 
And so that is what we really have to look at. The fear of suffering is a trap, Mr. Hilliker writes. It debilitates us. We stop growing. We stagnate and wither away. Now, the Apostle Paul, again, an outstanding example of doing hard things, enduring hardness to accomplish his job, his mission in God's work to the point of being stoned and left for dead and then marching right back into the very city that stoned him. You can see that in Acts chapter 14. Acts 14 verse 22 says, through much tribulation, we enter into the kingdom of God. Much tribulation. It's not the broad road that leads to destruction. It is the straight and narrow road. There are few people on that road. And yet it leads to eternal life. It leads to God's kingdom. And God's work today is trumpet blasting a message about that coming kingdom. That is what we look forward to. That is what we are preparing for. That is what we are teaching about. Paul loved it. He loved living this way of life. He became strong as he did God's work. And this book, Biblical Manhood, shows that not only do we men need to be strong doing the work, we need to teach this to our sons, to the boys in our congregations. They need to be able to work physically and mentally. They need to learn to enjoy working and becoming physically and spiritually strong. Even in old age. Mr. Hilliker points out, it's important to continue working the mind and working the body and being active, having a future focus. Page 54, everything that helps you grow is uncomfortable. Learning something new, meeting new people, eating healthier, building a new habit, changing your routine to introduce something good for you. All these things are hard. Your mind and body want to resist. That is what makes it a fight and why it works. At the end of Paul's life, he said he fought the good fight of faith. You can see that at the end of 2 Timothy. And that is interesting. The way that he talked about his life. He fought a good fight. His entire life was about fighting. Fighting is not easy. Now, in this section of biblical manhood, there is an interesting article reference. It's a, an article titled Fight the Good Fight of Faith. And I went, I found that online and I studied that as well. And that article makes the point that God made us to be fighters. 
Paul gave a boxing analogy in one of his epistles, in one of his writings, and we are meant to fight. It's just a matter of who or what we fight. Now, this article, Fight the Good Fight of Faith from the Good News magazine, talks about how we have three main targets. We must fight the three S's, Satan, society, and self. It is a spiritual war. Ephesians 6 verse 12. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against evil spirit beings. And those evil spirit beings control the world. Satan the devil is the God of this world. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4. And he's using that world to try to crush manhood. To try to mold us into pathetic little jellyfish. And then, of course, there is the attack against us from within. Where Satan can broadcast directly into our minds. Ephesians 2 verse 2. He can broadcast the fear of discomfort into our minds. And we're automatically tuned in to his broadcast. And we have to block it out and tune in to God's broadcast instead. That takes active, hard work every single day through prayer and Bible study. To block out that broadcast of the devil. So Satan, society, and self. Those are the targets. And yet, because we are naturally fighters, because God made human beings to be fighters, we will turn on each other if we do not fight Satan's society and self. And that's where God's own church can be torn apart. God's own church can be robbed of peace and ravaged by infighting. It's happened throughout its 2,000-year history. We have to fight someone or something, and we don't want to do it to each other, so we have to fight Satan's society and self. So doing God's work is a life of fighting. And it is the life, the greatest life. Notice this quote from Mr. Gerald Flurry in the Epistles of Peter, A Living Hope, which you can get for free at thetrumpet.com. No matter the trials we face on earth, nothing can damage our hope because it is laid up in heaven where God the Father and Christ reside. If we look to them, our hope never dies. Nothing can steal it though we do have to guard it. Our hope must be guarded with a military spirit. Eternal life and eternal death are at stake. Satan, who is totally hopeless, is a master at destroying people's hope. Peter says that if you understand that hope, you will guard it with your life. You won't let anyone steal it from you. So again, the fighting analogies this time with the military 
And this is the way we must live. Ephesians 6 talks about putting on the whole armor of God. And that includes verse 15 here. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And that gospel of peace is what we are trying to deliver to the world. But we get the picture here of running all over the world with this message. And that is not easy. That is a hard thing to do. That is a hard work to support. And we have to do it. An article from PCG.church titled Work Out Your Own Salvation talks about how this part of the armor of God, the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, make us think about a soldier's footwear, like the modern combat boot, which enables rapid movement. Again, running as fast as we can all over the world with this message. And this article quotes Isaiah 52, verse 7. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that brings good tidings, that publishes peace, that brings good tidings of good, that publishes salvation, that says unto Zion, your God reigns. And here in this article, Work Out Your Own Salvation, Mr. Brian Sherwood writes, Even under trying circumstances, True Christians support God's work to deliver his message of warning and hope to true Christians who have fallen away, to the nations of Israel, and to the world. Strive to keep up to date with God's work through the Royal Vision and PCG.Church. Pray fervently for the work, Mr. Flurry, the ministry, and the rest of God's people. You see, that's something we all can do. We can keep up with the work. We can pray about it. And we need to give our very best effort, making sacrifices, experiencing discomfort as we fight every single day to do this work. Romans 13 is another passage that applies here. And here in Romans 13, it talks about this armor of God and it calls it the armor of light. We need to put on the armor of light. Romans 13, verse 12. The previous verse, verse 11 says, And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Verse 13 says, Let us walk honestly, as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness. That just talks about sexual perversion mainly there. Not in strife and envying, but put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. So that's Romans 13 verses 11 through 14. This talks about the armor of light, including the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, running all over the world with this message. And then it explains even more about the armor of light and how we have to walk honestly. We have to live the right way. And that is how we are supporting God's work as well. 
living the right way each day, fighting against the downward pull of human nature, fighting against the world around us, fighting against the devil, putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. So we must do hard things and we must also embrace it if we are to do God's work to the fullest. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Behind the Work. You've been listening to Behind the Work. Email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for a new episode each Monday at 12 p.m. Central Time.